Every day, the Rundown Podcast keeps you in the loop about the people and places that shape Chicago. The show is possible thanks to the ongoing support of listeners like you who understand the value of our work to keep you engaged. Support the Rundown Podcast at WBEZ.org slash Rundown Donate. And thank you. What's up, Chicago? I'm Justin Bull in for Aaron Allen, and this is The Rundown. There have been a lot of elections lately. The 2022 midterms, a local election, and a runoff. And the next big one, the 2024 presidential election, that's just about 18 months away. And it is with that election in mind that Chicago Public Media today launched the Democracy Solutions Project. It's an 18-month initiative. WBEZ and Chicago Sun-Times, in partnership with the University of Chicago's Center for Effective Government, are going to investigate critical issues facing democracy in the city, the state, and the country. Journalists from both newsrooms plan to dig into topics like extremism in Illinois politics, corruption, polarization, election integrity, and even basic civics. 2024 is going to be a big year in the election cycle. But really, the things that happened before that are really key to the election. So this isn't about, you know, the election itself, but it's really more about the democratic process. That's Chicago Public Media's chief content officer, Tracy Brown. Rundown host Aaron Allen recently talked to Tracy about the Democracy Solutions Project. She explained the type of coverage you can expect to see and what she sees as the media's larger role in democracy. She also said that one of the ultimate goals of this project is to help restore trust and participation in the democratic process. We did spend a lot of time thinking about what we wanted this project to accomplish and how we would actually frame it. And so initially, we actually had the idea about like our polarized America, our threats against democracy. But some Mm. of those threats are disinformation and misinformation. Mm -hmm. It's about people really not even understanding how government works. And so we started to turn, instead of looking at just the threats against democracy, which kind of has this negative connotation, but like how can we make it an opportunity and experience for people where it's more solutions focused? You know, I'm from Georgia and I tease people all the time that when I vote here in Chicago, It's a totally different experience Mm. from when I voted in Georgia. And to think that there are these vast differences in expectations and roles, um, it really does, I think, illuminate that there are some basic things that are threats against democracy, including people's access to vote. Mm. You know, I I showed up at the polls to vote in this last election for mayor, and uh, I didn't have to even pull out my driver's license. That never happens in Georgia. In Mm. fact, I usually, when I go to vote in Georgia, I have several forms of ID and identification for me. And to see someone be able to, like, register on the spot, you know, I mean, like, that's pretty pretty incredible. And so I think that, you know, I, I say it's incredible having had a different experience. So it is. It's looking at, you know, voter access, voter turnout. It's looking at media literacy. Mm-hmm. of people understanding their rights and having the opportunity to be, you know, a part of a really important thing that we do, you know, all the time. It's really interesting and it, it's really provoking to hear you talk about people who are maybe ignorant about the democratic process as 
uh, a threat, right, as a mm-hmm. barrier. Yes. Um, I think that's a really important framing. And I know that this project is getting into educating folks about what this is, right? Getting into the nitty gritty, really starting at the beginning. Can you talk about why that's important? I think it's important, too, because we have people, you know, we think about when most of us learn about how government works. A lot of it is in eighth grade civics classes. I mean, that's when I learned. Yes. And then it's thing I think that over time we take for granted. But education is so important because it's important for people to know how my school board is not just elected, but like who the officials are and what can what can they do and what can't they do? Mm-hmm. You know, we see now social media um, allows us to take in a lot of different information. And so the more educated you are about the democratic process, about democracy, about your government, um, then you can, you know, you can dispel some of the false narratives that are out there, Mm. the misinformation. I mean, some of our own, um, you know, elected officials, including ones in Congress, will have a narrative that is very different from what reality is. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is incumbent on us to help people to understand, you know, I mean, when when folks become citizens of this country, they have to take a test. Um, (laughs) And a lot of times, though, you know, (laughs) they know more about how our government works than people who have been, you know, here their entire lives. And so I, I hope that over the next 18 months, um, leading and we purposefully plan to do this from, you know, to, to give ourselves a year and a half mm-hmm. to really take people on this journey of learning, of enlightenment about democracy and that we're on them. You know, we're on that journey with them, um, yeah. you know, and I think that 18 months gives us a, an opportunity to really even how media works, you know. And what role we play yes, um, as well as an opportunity. So, Well, let me ask you about that because, you know, you're talking and it's really it's really making me think of like what role do we have as a media organization in democracy, in, you know, getting this information out to folks and engaging people. Like how do our decisions as journalists and media affect how people participate in democracy? I mean, I think, it. you know, we like to believe that we are giving – you know, our audience, our listeners, our readers, we're giving them facts and information, whether it's about two candidates or whether it's about an issue, that we are giving you enough information for you to be able to, not for us to tell you what decision to make, but for you to be able to to go to the polls and to make an informed decision or to show up at a school board meeting or to show up at a city council meeting to, you know, exercise your right to to be there and yeah. to ask questions and all of those things. And so I think it's our responsibility to give people the information, but to also give them tools, mm-hmm. to give them enough context and understanding. So sometimes it's not just about the facts. I mean, when I say the facts, it's not just about like giving you a download of information, but to be able to like put that information in to whether it's a story or things to know or a tool or whatever Mm -hmm. it is to be able to help you to kind of like understand it in some complex ways so that if you want to know more about this, here is an opportunity for you to click on this and to learn more about or to bring on different voices and perspectives, you know, because one of the things that we want to do, like, for instance, in addition to elevating the conversation on this show, it's also being able to like bring 
on guests to reset, to show different perspectives. And part of the political process anyway is that, you know, we're a two-party country. And so how can we make sure that we are giving, it's hard to say equal access, but that you are bringing both perspectives and giving people, allowing people to hear both sides of something, but making sure that those things are steeped in facts. I mean, what you're talking about, even just so far, is a lot of work Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we're doing. And, you know, it would make sense to really try to reach the masses, um, you know, with all of this work that we're doing. We have our WBZ audience. Um, We do some engagement beyond that. But I'm wondering how you think about engaging folks that aren't our typical public radio stands. (laughs) You know, the great thing about this is that when, as we have been planning for this project over the last couple of months or so, We've been thinking a lot about, like, how can each part of our organization and not just like our radio listeners, but the folks who go to the website, having a social strategy as well. Um, Maybe there's an opportunity for us to do newsletters. But also remember, we, you know, we have a, um, a newspaper, a legacy newspaper that is also a big part of this project as well. Yeah. The Chicago Sun-Times that has an audience that is, you know, more demographically diverse and younger than the listeners necessarily at BZ. But I think that we have an opportunity between our, you know, our talk shows, our podcasts, our story coverage, mm-hmm. um, our online presence, as well as our print presence with the Sun-Times to really reach a big audience. And I, and I think we've shown that we can do that. If you look at what we did um, just a couple of months ago during the last election, where we, with the Sun-Times, was able to, like, create a voter's guide and looking at, mm-hmm. you know, where voter turnout was the lowest and being able to, like, drop newspapers and 350,000 households where the voter turnout was the lowest and being able to, you know, to do that. It's a public service, but I think it's an also opportunity for us to really think about not just serving the people who, you know, subscribe to us or, you know, come to our website, mm-hmm. but people who are just, they're our community and how can we serve everyone? Yeah. Um, speaking of everyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. there are those folks who not only are they not stands necessarily and, you know, they're maybe outside of those touch points, but then there's the folks who don't agree with how we do our reporting. How do you hold the people who are like, ah, I don't really identify or mess with right. <laughs> Chicago public media right. like right. that? That's a, an excellent question. And because of, we talk a lot about in terms of how the news is, you define the news. Is it a conservative or is it liberal? Right. Mm-hmm. We how we see ourselves is very different from sometimes how the public or segments of the public see us. Even people yeah. who really like us may say you're a certain, you know, you're you're on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we really have to work to make sure that we're serving everyone. And so and that looks a little different. And it means that you then have to be really intentional about what you're doing and how you're, you know, so inviting the other side or who is perceived that we're not, you know, (laughs) into the conversation. And so I think we just have to be um, intentional and inclusive. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty positive that we can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel good about it, too. So this project is also 
going to look at some other ways that people do democracy. Um, places like Australia, they have a mandatory voting system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. There are some people who have a democracy. They don't do an electoral college, though, you know, for instance. Um, can you talk about why we should look at things like this, even though it could seem so drastically different from what we do here in the U.S.? Right. You know, I think it's important to look at other places, whether they are, you know, in another county, in another city, in another state, mm-hmm. in another country, mm-hmm. on another continent. Right. <laughs> there are, I think, opportunities, particularly when you're looking for solutions. Sometimes those solutions aren't at home or sometimes things are done so very differently. And we've done this before that it like Spurs idea. It's inspiring. And it's good, to, I think, to look at how someone else may be successful at the very thing that we struggle with, right? Mm -hmm. So when we were planning and looking at really trying to think about how we can look through the solutions or uh, angle, someone during one of our conversations mentioned Australia. And I thought, yeah, if they have figured out how to like really increase voter turnout and civic engagement, like in that opportunity for us, and we've done this before too, like where when, um, Natalie Moore went to Finland to look at the prison systems mm. and being able to like really look at how the criminal justice in the prison system works there and how the outcome of recidivism of, you know, all those things of how people live when they go to prison and when they are what their lives are like when they come out mm-hmm. um, are vastly different from what happens in this country. And we were able to do that project with the support of the Pulitzer Center. You know, interestingly enough, the, the Pulitzer Center um, is interested in partnering with us again. And part of the fellowship that they um, that they offer requires that you to go and explore outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so they have, um, you know, they've uh, agreed to partner with us on this project and allow us the opportunity to not just go to Australia, but to maybe find you know, two or maybe even three places that are around the world that could open our eyes to what a good democratic process could look like. Yeah. What would feel good to you as the chief content person at this organization at the end of these 18 months? You know, I think for me, if we are able to really create some exciting conversations and not that they, you know, that they have to be where we're all just kind of getting along and having polite conversations. But I think if we are able to expose, you know, some of the the things on both sides on what people are doing, if we're able to like really at the end of the day, more people turn out to vote mm-hmm. and who feel smarter and who feel more engaged in you know, the communities that that they serve and in the state, Um, you know, every vote counts. Not everybody believes that their their vote counts. Mm -hmm. And so some people a person who did not believe my vote. Right. And so it's easy for people if you don't think that your vote, your one vote counts, that it's easy to just not show up because it's raining, because the lines are too long or because. I don't know who to vote for Mm. and thinking about all those things, like how can we help people to understand that we all count on your vote and that it's important for you to like show up. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, if we have a higher voter turnout, but that if we have more rich conversations between people, 
that if we can dispel some of the disinformation that is out there to help people be more discerning about what they consume and what they share, I think all of those things sound successful. Tracy Brown is Chicago Public Media's chief content officer. Tracy, it has been lovely chatting with you. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. You can catch installments of the Democracy Solutions Project across Chicago Public Media's platforms. That will include this podcast, WBEZ's Midday Talk Show Reset with Sasha Ann Simons, the Curious City podcast, and so much more. That's it for today. The Rundown is produced by me and Sarah Stark. Ariel Van Cleve and Katie O'Connell edited today's episode. Haley Bloomquist was the engineer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Justin Bull. Thank you for listening to The Rundown. I'll talk with you tomorrow morning.